My mother, she carried me under her heart, loved me before I was born. She took God's hand in hers and walked through the valley of the shadow that I might live. Bathed me when I was helpless, clothed me when I was naked. She gave me to eat when I was hungry, rocked me to sleep when I was weary. Pillowed me on pillows softer than down and sang to me in the voice of an angel. Mother held my hand when I learned to walk, suffered with my sorrow, laughed with my joy, glowed with my triumph. And while I knelt at her side, she taught my lips to pray. Through all the days of my youth, she gave me strength for my weakness, courage for my despair, hope to fill my hopeless heart. She was loyal when others failed. She was true when tried by fire. She was my friend when other friends were gone. Prayed for me through all the days when flooded with sunshine or saddened by shadows. She loved me when I was unlovely and led me into man's estate to walk triumphant on the king's highway and play a manly part. Though we lay down our lives for her, we can never pay the debt we owe to a Christian mother. Mothers, I honor you today in every way that we possibly can. I want to talk about mothers right quickly. If I get us out of here very early, I have to move. First Samson, on your iPad, on your telephone, on whatever you have that brings up the scripture. First Samuel chapter 1. Things are about to change in Israel's history at the writing of Samuel. A man by the name of Elkanah had two wives. And I want to read about him. Let's look at verse 2, chapter 1, verse 2. He had two wives. The name of one was Hannah. The name of the other was Peniah. Peniah had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also the two sons of Eli, which was the priest, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. Conditions are bad in Israel. They have backslidden, and Eli the priest himself is backslidden. He would no longer discipline his sons, and they digressed even to having an adulterous affair on the entry steps of the tabernacle, the temple. Man left to himself without God does not progress. He digresses. Read history. You'll see that without God, things do not progress. They go awry. Verse 4, and whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Peniah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival, meaning Peniah, also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked Hannah. Therefore, Hannah wept and did not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? 
Am I not better to you than ten sons? Verse 20. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I ask for him from the Lord. Father, your word is powerful today. Place it in our hearts in this society in this late date. God, that we might raise godly generations in a very needy time. Just as Israel, you raised a young man. Raise our young people today, Lord, in his likeness, that your word might be declared in every generation. Use these mothers, I pray, to do so in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. I think one of the greatest gifts we'll ever know on planet Earth is motherhood. I don't think anything's more sacred than motherhood. And perhaps there was never an ideal wife. I will tell you that Mary in the New Testament, the mother of Jesus, must have been a great lady to become God's vessel to bear his son Christ to the earth. In the Old Testament, Hannah set a great example not only for mothers but believers in faith. I want to tell you something. God works in our lives, and sometimes we may not understand it, and it doesn't look like there's any rhyme or reason to our living, but I want to tell you, you dedicate your life to God, God will pursue you, and God will in His time and in His way use your life beyond what you can imagine. Our problem is we want to control everything. It's a difficult thing to say, God, here I am, I surrender to whatever you want in my life. In the Old Testament, it was considered a disgrace to be without a child. Men took pride, especially in their sons, because their sons were to receive the inheritance so that the name would continue. Women in that day took value in bearing those sons so the name could continue. Sometimes men would marry more than one wife to ensure that they would have children that would carry that name because in those days there were no hospitals, there was very little medical aid, and many died off, so they tried to have children to be sure their lineage remained. Elkanah married Paniah and Hannah. Paniah had several children. As we read, Hannah had none. Paniah would provoke. I just want to declare to you that jealousy and envy and pride are ruthless rulers. It made the atmosphere in that home a horrible place to live. The husband, Elkanah, tried to make up for it because the scripture declared that he genuinely loved Hannah. Elkanah realized Hannah's emotional struggle and her pain that she was experiencing. But I want to say something here that's so important. We read these stories and sometimes we see what happens in the natural world, but we forget that there's a sovereign God who works in the affairs of men. There's something going on here in Hannah's life. She doesn't understand it right now. Elkanah doesn't understand it. Even the priest doesn't get it. God is doing something. God is sovereign, and he has a plan. And God's will, ladies and gentlemen, will be accomplished. Let me give you the background of why things are happening here. We see it in the aftermath. Leadership in Israel is about to transition. From judges to kings. And the kings are going to need prophets to give them spiritual direction and spiritual concepts. And seek God to let the king know how to lead the nation. So here we are. God has in mind this Hannah lady who sought him for a son. 
And let me tell you, when you seek and you want it deeply and God gives it to you, it means something. During these years, God was preparing Hannah all this time because eventually Hannah would prepare God a prophet. This is an amazing situation. Hannah became mother of Samuel. It means I ask of him from God. I want to run through some examples about motherhood today that I think this generation needs to hear from Hannah's life. You can read the rest of the scripture. First point is this. Hannah's commitment level went far beyond family troubles. The atmosphere in this home was quite volatile. Hannah had plenty of reason to complain. She might have even had reason to leave and say, I can't stand this atmosphere. Yet her heart was committed to her husband and her family. I want to say something, ladies. Every husband, every home, every child needs a mom and a mother who refuses to bail out when times get tough. Every woman that's a godly woman needs some iron in her spirit. It teaches a valuable lesson to her children. I want to declare to you, though, that today, many parents, because they're selfish within themselves, they give up. But let me tell you why. Sometimes selfishness so rules and abounds that some even committed to God and committed to marriage and committed to children, they have to leave because of brutality. Because God does not require a woman or a child to live under brutality. But commitment in marriage and family is a great attribute for motherhood and for fatherhood, to be honest with you, for genuine Christianity. Moms, keep your commitment. When you make a vow till death do us part, mean it. Don't ever let the word divorce come out of your mouth, ma'am and woman. Let me tell you, you seek God praying as Hannah did, and God will honor your sacrifice, your obedience, and your faithfulness. Secondly, Hannah truly loved this child. This may sound odd, but I want to say it for this generation. Hannah made a vow. We could read about it. I could explain it, but I won't take the time. She said, God, if you will give me a son, I will give him back to you. Verse 11 says this. She made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will you give your maidservant a male child? then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And she mentions about a Nazarite vow we won't go into. But I just want to declare to you this. Hannah said, God, you give me that son. I will give him back to you. That's what God was waiting on because Samuel will be the prophet that will change Israel's history. At an early age, Samuel had a sense of his mother's devotion to God. Parents, children have a built-in radar system. They sense the affection or non-affection in homes. If a child believes he or she is unwanted, they feel worthless and no value. Parents, make sure your child knows you love them immensely. Tell them, when you heard they were coming, how excited you were. Tell them how excited you were when 
They were birthed. Tell them you plan for them. Tell them how they have enriched your life. Let them know they were wanted and loved. Amen. I could just preach all day. Thirdly, <laughs> Hannah took care of Samuel's needs, her son's needs, emotionally and physically. Not only did Hannah love Samuel, she also told others she loved Samuel. And Samuel heard it. I want to tell you, it does something to your child for you to be standing in a crowd of adults or in a group of people and say, I love my son, I love my daughter. Do you have any idea residually what that puts in that child's heart? It is an amazing how, how God can use those things to build God's spirit inside of our children. Moms, there's more to being mothers than burping babies. There's far more than changing diapers and, and buying tennis shoes and ruffle pretty dresses and cowboy boots and jeans for boys. Every boy ought to have a pair of jeans and boots. <laughs> you just have to know the Greek like I do to read that. It? I mean, just, it's just the way it is. There's more to it than cooking meals and patching knees and britches and, and a taxi service and what do you call it, lunch money and all that. Let me tell you something, Mom. You have birthed from your womb an eternal, never-dying soul. And God has privileged you to take care of His eternal child. Kids, youth, let me tell you something. Providing for you is not a drudgery. It's a blessing. But don't forget to thank Mom and Dad for it because you don't, you don't, it, you don't have a right to it. They sacrifice for it. Come on, parents. Say amen. Don't miss those kind of things. I'm trying to help you here. Wow. But listen, providing for your children has to be done within our means. And America needs a lesson on we don't need everything. We need to get our waters turned off and be far more, far more concerned about the character and the fabric we're putting in our children than buying more toys. Nothing wrong with toys, but they shouldn't replace parents and God. While you're providing for your child, moms, be careful to invest in your child's heart. Because that heart is where the issues of their life are going to be dealt with. Listen to what the psalmist said. Above all things, guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life. And today, I'm going to, I'm going to postscript and keep us longer than I thought. I just want to tell you, we hear this message all over Hollywood, Hollywood, and I call it Holly Weird. We hear this message, follow your heart, follow your heart, follow your heart. I have news for you. Read Jeremiah, what the Lord revealed to him because of sin. And he says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Young people, don't you dare follow an evil heart that hadn't been born again of God. But when the Spirit of God comes in you, then God will speak to that heart. Mom and dad, be sure you build that in your children. Fourthly, she loved God. Every child needs a mother who loves God. Not herself, not her careers. There's nothing wrong with self and career. But I'm going to tell you something. God has to be first. Hannah was God's servant. Her husband knew she served God. Her family knew she served God. Her neighbors knew she served God. Even the backslidden priest knew she served God. 
Everything in a child's life will be full, Mom and Dad, if you are in love with the eternal God and they know it. I have said it time and time and time again. I want to say it again on Mother's Day. Ladies and gentlemen, still in 2019, the best opportunity and chance that you have that your children turn out right and they don't go through all the evils of this wicked world and they don't get involved in all the darkness and all the things that the snare of the fowler puts in front of them. If you don't want them to experience that, build your life around the church, God's house, and God's people. We're imperfect, but I want to tell you, God is perfect and His Word is perfect and God knows how to keep your children. God knows how. Mom, let your children see you worship God. Don't be afraid to raise hands in a holy house of God. Let them hear you sing the praises. Let them see you worship in raising hands. Let them see you give and sacrifice to the kingdom for mission so that the word of God can go across this planet. Let them see that God and his house are priorities in your life. I promise you, Mom, that direction will pay you dividends you cannot imagine. I called my 91-year-old mom about 9 o'clock this morning. She said, son, now you know she's prejudiced, don't you? So forgive her. She's not the only one. How many of your mothers are guilty? We're all guilty. But she said to me, son, thanks for being a good boy. Thanks for loving God. She said, thanks for not putting any of the gray hairs in my head. I'm just glad she still has hair. (laughs) Right priorities in your life. Number five, Hannah trusted God. She not only loved him, she trusted. Moms, read the Bible with your children. Parents, have devotions with your children. Pray with your children. Teach them that God is the ultimate source of whatever they need. When I was a young boy out in the country, we every Saturday night for 11 years, the pastor and their two sons would come to our house and we would play. But before they left on Saturday night, we would kneel in that old house that you wouldn't even live in today. We had to stuff rags around the north door because the snow would blow snowdrifts three or four feet in it. And you'd just think that was awful today. But I will tell you this, we had one stove, and let me just give you a nice memory. My mom would put flannel pajamas on me. How many of you know what flannel pajamas or pajamas, whatever, you know, remember that? We used to have an old uh, uh, feather bed. The thing was about that thick, and my bedroom was through the kitchen and off to the right, and there was no heat. There was no insulation in the house, so whatever I had off the fire, I took with me. I'd get over there and get so hot I couldn't stand them to touch my legs. Have you ever done that? And I'd hate for you to see me. My mom would go in the kitchen and turn right, and there's my bed. And she would have about that much blankets set up there. And and she had these flannel blankets in there. And there wasn't even a, not even a closet in my room. It was just a room with a bed. That was it. We hung our clothes on nails on the walls. And I know I sound like I'm 180, but, you know, not everybody had it wonderful. I'd get that old Dearborn stove and get hot. You should see. <laughs> I'd, I'd be running to get in that bed and jump in that bed, and Mama would drop 80 pounds of blankets on me, and I couldn't move till I was 
survive next morning. (laughs) You know, in modern times, we miss a lot of good stuff. It was fun. I had the greatest, greatest childhood. Mom, show your children God. Trust God. I heard a man tell me in a church years ago, I pastored. He said, Pastor, I got to tell you something. I said, okay. He said, when I was a little boy, my mom would pray, but, and she would put, kneel me beside of her. And he said, all the time my mom would pray, she was patting me on the head, rubbing my head and patting me on the head. He said, I can't tell you how many days and hours all through the years my mom would have me kneel beside her and pat me on the head. And he said, when I got up in my teen years and 20s and in my, all the times of my life, every time, he said, every time, preacher, I got tempted. He said, I'm telling you, when, when Satan was coming, he said, I could literally feel my mom patting my head. And I would not go into that temptation. Teach them to trust God. Then they won't need drugs. Teach them to trust God. They won't need alcohol. Teach them to trust God. They won't need fame and fortune. Teach them to run to Christ because he's always the answer. I tell you what, I had God blessed me with two sons and both of them are drummers. And I think I made them drummers. At least I'm going to take some credit. Because when my boys were little at night, I always wanted to rock them before they went to bed. And is there, is there not a tremendous treasure in rocking a child and holding that baby with its head on you? The, the only thing that might beat it is a grandchild. I think that's why they call them grand. <laughs> I'd rock my boys. But have you ever seen anybody that didn't have any rhythm? <laughs> And so I thought, Lord, I'm not going to raise any sons without rhythm. I'm not kidding you. (laughs) Hey, just never know the talent. (laughs) I popped those diapers and those, they were cloth back in those days. We didn't have throwaways. I think we ought to go back to 1930 for a couple of years and just get an experience. Anyway, be it right or be it wrong, I thank God that if my sons are going to play drums, they're going to play it for the glory of God. Sixthly, Hannah prayed, and Samuel, her son, knew it. I thank God for a Christian mother. There was something always about my mom. Her voice when she prayed. The cry to God when she prayed would affect me deep. And can I say this without it sounding boastful? I feel that same thing when my wife prays. I'll just be honest with you. I can't stand to hear my mom or my wife cry. I'm worthless. Don't you dare use it at your advantage. (laughs) 
Every child needs a praying mother. Seventh, Hannah gave Samuel to God. She dedicated him even before he was born. Parents, your children need to see you acknowledge God's ownership of their lives. Tell them, we dedicated you to God. God gave you to us. We ask God to use your life. We know God has a purpose. He has something planned for you. Hannah did, and Samuel served God. Number seven, Hannah loved her husband, and he loved her. Scripture makes it plain that Hannah loved Elkanah, and Elkanah loved his wife, and he took care of her needs and was sensitive to her hurts and her pain. Samuel grew up in a godly home. His parents showed him how. His parents set the pattern. I'm going to ask Henry to come, singers, if you will. Oh, you're already there, Henry. Thank you. I just want to declare to you something on Mother's Day. Mothers, you do not have an easy calling. Husbands, I want you to hear me this morning. You have no idea how many things that your wife, by the dozens and dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of things that she does for you, you don't even think about. I know every woman in this house wanted to shout, but you just kept quiet. <laughs> Do you know how many socks she's washed for you? See, I, I knew you'd use it against me if I said something like that. Oh, my. <laughs> do, you know, do you know how many dishes she's cleaned? you have any idea how many times she's back in that house and dusted the window panes? you have any idea how many times she's cleaned the garage and washed the car and mowed the yard? <laughs> I wouldn't dare use it against you. I just would. <laughs> you have any idea how many tears she shed? to thank God for a good husband. Do you have any idea how many times she's cleaned the snotty nose of your babies? Not to mention the other end. You ever, you ever just sit and contemplated what all your mom did to get you on your feet and in some shoes and in real britches? <laughs> Not temporaries. You ever just think about all the sacrifices. I went to a two-room school my first eight years. I'm telling you, I was raised in an ancient world, wasn't I? Electricity went off often. Most, a lot of times, the only light we had was a propane stove. But I would watch my mom heat water in a pan if necessary and do our clothes. Yes, we had the old Saturday night bath in a galvanized tub on the back screened-in porch. And my sisters got to go first, and my mom, and then me, and then my dad. That is not a pleasant thing to think about today. <laughs> mom, your calling is not an easy calling, sir. I think we ought to appreciate not only our mothers, but we ought to appreciate the mothers of our children.
It involves work, endless work. It involves squabbles among the kids. It involves colds and fever and skipped knees and elbows and mercurochrome and monkey blood and methylene and Band-Aids. Stitches, my Lord, I could retire if I had a dollar for every stitch. <laughs> it involves a lot of tears and broken hearts. It's a job that often receives little praise and little reward. It requires energy untold. Mom, you're on call 24-7. And yet God says, I will reward you in countless ways because you took care of my eternal creation. Every time your baby moms put their hand in your hand, I will tell you this, you're repaid a hundred times. Every time that child puts her arm around your neck and hugs you, you're repaid for a thousand deeds. Every time that child, when you see it with a cap and gown and move the tassel, it repays you and rewards you a hundred times. And let me say this. I was telling my son on the way to home, way to church today, good to have my son from Texas. I said, let me tell you something. If the Lord tarries, here's something you don't know, but you will find it out. Once your children are up and gone, you get like a little five-year-old giddy kid. And I mean, you just get all giddy and all upset when your children are going to come home and see you again. And if they bring the grandkids, you just pass out. You're just worthless as you can be. Isn't that amazing? I want to tell you something. God intended life to be rich. And not evil and vile and not, not fussing and fighting and all between family. Satan will do everything he can to destroy a marriage. Mom, dad, be godly parents. I always tell people sometimes when there's tough times in the family, God made Benadryl for a purpose. Give it to the kids, knock them out, and fix things. <laughs> Make it happen if you have to call us a, a meeting in the middle of the floor in the bedroom. Get it done. I will tell you this. God will answer you and God knows how to take care of a family. I want to tell you this, old mom. There's an enemy that has 6,000 years experience on you and you're no match for him outside of the Spirit of the Lord. If you've never accepted Christ this morning as a mother, let me tell you, you've got a tough job ahead and you have no idea how many wrecks can happen. But I will tell you this, you put God on your side, you and God are a majority, and you can pray and God will keep your children. Hannah continued to call upon God through the years for wisdom and strength and guidance, and God met her. And I want to tell you this, He'll meet you. Moms, priority one is get to know God, know Him, know Him. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about shaking a preacher's hand. I'm not talking about putting your name on a membership. They may have their place, but I'm talking about you knowing God. And I'm not talking about just knowing about God. I'm talking about knowing God. There's a lot of religious people outside this sanctuary this morning. They know some about God, but they don't know God. Aren't you glad that His Word teaches us about Him genuinely? My parents taught me that God is speaking to you. Listen for me. God will set up things for you. Be sensitive to it so you know how to follow Him. God will tug and pull on your heart. Follow Him. Watch Him. He has plans for you that you can't do without Him, but He can sure do a lot with you. Learned years ago, God doesn't want my, my, my ability. He wants my availability. Young people, I, I want to say this again. I know I'm, I've already gone past what I want to 
I want to say this. God created you. He planned for you. He ought to have first choice in your life. He ought to have first choice in your life. You ought to consider His will before you consider. He'll tell you what mate to marry. He'll send them your way. He'll tell you what job to do. He'll tell you what your future is. And it may be tough, but I promise you this, God will make you tougher. That's the way God works. Mom, keep one hand on your child, one hand in the nail-scarred hand, and I'll tell you this, God will reward you.